Section 19 of Sunbeams by George W. Peck. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. How the Fireman Fell Over a Cow The city of Prairie de Chain has a common council that is causing a good deal of talk all over the country, and if they are not careful, they will make the city as notorious as Oshkosh, which is known the world over as the place where you can have fun with the boys as well as the girls. Prairie de Chain has, by vote of its common council, decided that curfew shall ring every night at nine o'clock, at which time boys have got to be in the house, or the policeman will know the reason why. The council is no doubt composed of bachelors who do not know what fun there is in being out after nine o'clock. The son does not desire to mix up in a fight between a common council and the boys, but when dark does not come till nearly ten o'clock, it does seem as though they might ring that bell an hour later and give the boys a chance. There are so many games that you can't play half so well in daylight, games that you have to slip off into the darkest place to be found to enjoy, that it would seem as though the city fathers if they ever played these games, would not be so cruel. But to add insult to injury, the same council, the same evening, refused to pass a law to restrain cows from running at large, so the cows may ring the cowbell curfew, and the boys will have to go in with spirits and commandments broken, and cows may do as they please. All cities have had to contend with a cow ordinance, and it takes years to get sense and shut up cows' nights, because there is politics in letting the poor man's cow stay out and make herself a nuisance. Boston used to allow cows a pass in the streets, and New York was a free-for-all for cows until she got a quarter of a million people. The Philadelphia cows run at large if they are blue-blooded and belong to the old families, La Crosse, the second city in Wisconsin, was broken of the cow habit in a peculiar manner. Years ago La Crosse allowed cows to go where they listeth, and being a sandy city, like Prairie de Chain, the cows slept in the sand in the middle of the road. They were regular middle-of-the-roaders. At that time the fire department was volunteer, and the young citizens turned out when the fire bell rang at midnight, grabbed their red shirts, and started for the fire on a gallop. Always some firemen ran over a sleeping cow on the way to a fire at night, and after the fire was over there would be an hour devoted to doctoring the skin shins and swearing at the cows. Petitions were sent to the council to at least compel the cows to all sleep in one street to give the firemen a chance, but it was no use and probably cows would be sleeping in the sandy streets of La Crosse now if it hadn't been for the fire at Zeisler's Brewery one hot night in August. When the bell rung, young Mr. Cook, a society leader who was a member of Rescue Hose Company, grabbed his trousers in one hand and his red shirt in the other, rushed out the door, giving a whoop to wake up another fireman living near, and started down the middle of the street, the eastern sky was red with flame, and from the smell of burning hops and malt, it was certain to be an interesting fire, both before and after. Mr. Cook's idea was to run until out of breath, 
and then stop and put on his trousers, make another run of a few blocks, and stop and put on his shirt, and by that time he would have his second wind, and he could easily make the brewery by the time they began to roll out the beer. He had made about one block when he ran over something that seemed to be an elephant, and he fell head first into the sand and plowed a furrow with his nose, and as he was getting up, a cow with the bell on raised up and bellowed and started for the red flannel shirt that he held aloft. Mr. Cook dodged like a Spaniard, but the cow got his shirt on one horn and his trousers on the other and went off bellowing toward the fire. Mr. Cook thought he could overtake the cow and get his clothing, and he ran after her. As they neared the fire, it became lighter, and he found the cow could never be caught, and still he could not miss a fire in a brewery, which was at that time the most popular kind of a fire. The whole city turned out when Zeisler gave a fire at his brewery. When Mr. Cook got within a block of the fire, there were ten thousand people present, and it was light as day and he felt then, and does to this day, that an abbreviated Balbriggan undershirt was not what might be considered an up-to-date fireman's uniform. But he took his place at the hose-reel, and finally got the nozzle inside the building, amid the cheers of an admiring multitude, and the boys worked as men never worked before. When the fire was out, and the good beer began to flow, it was noticed that Mr. Cook's shirt had shrunk from the steam, or the burned beer, or the hops, until it was around his neck like an ascot tie, and a slicker was loaned to him to wear out into the cold world and help reel up the hose, and he made a fair appearance in society at daylight that morning, though the buttons were not all intact on the slicker. The next day the owner of the cow found her out in the country, patiently grazing, with the shirt and trousers on her horn, and he returned the clothing to the owner, and when the hose company appealed to the council with an ultimatum, plenty cows, no firemen, no cows, plenty firemen, the cows were shut up by ordinance. Until Prairie de Chaine has had some prominent citizen fall over a damp, steaming cow on a foggy night, the town will never outgrow the cow habit. Learning an Easy Trade a boy writer from a country town in the interior of the state asks some advice as to what is the best trade to learn. An extract from his letter is as follows. I have had to quit school in order to earn something to help support our family, as my father is not very well and does not earn enough to live on. I have tried three different places, but they put me at the hardest, most menial work and I have been accustomed to doing the easy work around the house, and it hurts me to have to do dirty work. What would you suggest for a boy to do who wants to earn money, but wants to dress well and go in good company? Well, boy, you have got a good deal to learn. There is nothing that would be better for you than to get a place in a milliner's shop where you could wear a shirtwaist and ribbons in your hair and go to picnics. If you are going to learn a trade, you have got to begin at the bottom and do the dirty work. You cannot go to work in a bank and sit in the president's office and cut off coupons the first week, but you will have to sweep out the bank and pick up the cigar stubs the clerks leave and work up from the cuspidor to the bank vault, and all this will take time, 
You seem the kind of a boy who, if you took a position in a grocery store, would want to put up nothing but granulated sugar and raisins and candy and trade with pretty girls. But you would have to shag firkins of butter around and knock the top off and dig into the butter with a wooden spud and get out some for a customer and probably get frowy butter on your sleeves and you would have to dig pickles out of a sour barrel and get vinegar on you and if any customer asked for molasses you would want the proprietor to go and draw it for the customer but you would have to do it and be mighty careful and get the dead flies out of the quart measure before you opened up or you might lose a good customer for the old man if you thought you were going to have an easy time in the grocery you would make the mistake of your life for you would have to roll barrels of sugar in the basement and cut cheese and sort out rotten cabbage and sprout potatoes in the cellar and grind coffee you act as though if you went to work in a livery stable you would want to sit in the office or drive for the crowned heads but you would have to clean off horses and wash and grease buggies and maybe drive the hearse to cheap funerals you could not drive the omnibus the first day and that is the ambition of all boys if you went to work in a meat market you would want to do nothing but weigh out sirloin steaks that the boss had cut off and you would probably handle them with gloves or a fork but you would find that you would have to turn the sausage machine and try out the scraps and make yourself useful and greasy if you were in a meat market and a poor woman came in to buy a pound of pork you would take the first piece on top of the brine and insist that she should take it but she would insist that you roll up your sleeve and dig away down to the bottom of the barrel of brine into the rock salt on the bottom to find the piece she wanted and if you had a raw place on your hand it would smart so you would want to be mustered out of the meat market and draw a pension oh you will never find an easy place to work where you can keep well dressed and clean until you learn your trade many boys see the typesetters in a country printing office sitting on stools doing nice clean work and they want to learn the printing trade right off the first day they put you to distributing pie and you think you have struck a snap but the next day you get the second degree and have to wash the rollers and wash the forms carry dirty water down three flights of stairs and carry clean water up and you do the rolling and when you are ready to go home the second night there is ink on your white shirt and all over your face clean up to your hair and when you get home your mother will not own you you want to quit the printing business right off you supposed it was all setting type and editing the paper but you find you have got an apprenticeship of years of dirty work before you and to be a success you have got to enjoy it and forget that sometime another boy will take the ink degree and you will be advanced if you have it in you and take the various degrees in the employment you seek you will some day become the grand master and you can have your hands clean the son's advice to you boy would be to pick out some trade that you think you are fitted for put on some old clothes and tell them you want to begin right at the bottom and learn it clear to the top and then don't you ever miss a note or shirk anything and when you graduate you are in position to teach others you might as well expect to go to college and be a senior all the time as to expect to learn a trade by beginning at the top and working down
the college boy has to be thing one the first year for everybody above him to have fun with and if he gets mad and backs out he never learns anything but if he takes his medicine with a smile and says that it is good by and by he is on the roof looking down at the new things or fixing the furnace and sawing wood there is no trade you can learn that will let you remain at the top and clean and make you easy except that of inheriting a fortune but that trade is already overrun and there are few openings learn something and learn it well and when you are at the head of the business with some gray in your hair you can enjoy thinking of the days you were dirty and disgusted a bear with a jag chicago is having trouble with a bear at the lincoln park zoo which gets drunk whenever it has a chance and becomes a terror the bear is a sort of cinnamon-colored russian bear which was bought from a man who used to go around the country making the bear dance for the rustics the man who owned the bear was a drunkard and one time he gave the bear some whiskey just for fun and the bear was quite funny with its newly acquired jag until the italian tried to boss him around when the animal everlastingly wore out the ground with him chewed off some fingers and nearly disemboweled the man and then climbed a telegraph pole and would not come down the man got cured of the bear habit and sold him just as he was on the pole to the park commissioners and they have been having a terrible time with the animal ever since it got noised around that the new bear was addicted to drink and everybody that visited the park wanted to see him wicked people would smuggle a flask of whiskey to the bear when the keepers were not looking he would drink the stuff and then there was a riot it got so men who were familiar with the effects of whiskey on human beings would visit the park temperance workers and worldly drinkers and the cage of the russian bear was the most popular place in the park the other day a party of scientists from downtown were looking at bruin when a man who should have been lynched gave the bear a quart bottle of jersey applejack a drink that will drive a man to murder and suicide the bear didn't like it at first as he stuck up his nose and shivered all over when the cork was removed and he took a swallow but after looking at the crowd to see if anything better was coming and not seeing another flask he drank the applejack he stood and meditated for a moment and seemed to feel the thrill of life along his keel and then as the fiery liquid got down among his vitals he suddenly yelled whoop as near as a bear could speak english jumped into the air cracking his claws together and came down on his head and rolled over and laughed as near as a bear can laugh the keeper came along and found that some fiend had loaded the bear and he was mad he spoke to the bear but the animal staggered to the front of the cage and howled a dismal howl as to the song of an inebriate who sings in a cracked and weeping voice we won't go home until morning the keeper thought it would be best to let the bear out with the other bears which he did and that was where the trouble began the bear with the applejack jag went up to a female grizzly and began to act familiar when the husband of the bear lady gave him a cuff that sent him across the bear pit rolling over and he stopped and backed up against a tree and seemed to say tell them to come on 
A small black bear was up in the tree, and he came down and clawed the Russian bear, and they mixed up and snarled till the black bear couldn't stand the applejack breath, and he got behind a polar bear, who bristled up to the jag bear as much as to say, Maybe you are out on a voyage of discovery. If so, I am the North Pole. The Russian evidently didn't want to fight a white flag of truce, so he went to a tank and tried to drink it all dry, to put out the applejack fire, after which he got mad and started in to clean out the place, when all the bears jumped on him and chewed him until he was almost sober. The keeper got into the pit with a handspike and drove the bears to their corners. When the bear with the jag got a towel, wet it in the tank, and bound it around his head, and looked as though he wanted to say, Oh, what a night! He was put back in his cage, and those who had watched the progress of the jag said they never saw anything more natural in all their experience. The bear did nothing but drink water the next day and snarl, and acted so near like a man who has been drinking applejack that it was touching to see. There is talk of sending the bear to Dwight. End of section 19. Recording by Arnold Banner, Thurmond, North Carolina.